Just going one o'clock, we're going to talk some football now and uh, the news coming out that it's just about a done deal, that there's going to be another A-League team based in Auckland in the 04-05 season, which is the end of next year. So, man, it's going to be, uh, gosh, all hands to the pump to fashion together an organisation and a playing roster and a coaching roster and all of the support that you need around it. One of our better minds in football in New Zealand, uh, my favourite Phoenician, I think that's what you call Phoenix players, Phoenicians, um, is joining us now, who's involved a lot in our youth and uh, academies, etc. Paul Eiffel joins us. Eiffel, uh, great to have a chat to you. When you first heard this news, how did you receive it? Yeah, look, very, very happy. Um, I think it's about time. I, I personally think there's the need for... Three or four teams in New Zealand, but we'll get to that later. I mean, just to, just to double what we've got would be amazing. Um, I think it gives needed competition to the Phoenix, um, and it gives an opportunity for those young kids, uh, boys and girls now, um, in the country, something to aspire to. Just on that aspiration thing, um, it was put to me by a, a football person, um, not of any great uh, standing, but just do New Zealand kids aspire to play for the Phoenix or do they aspire to play for Borussia Dortmund and, um, and teams in Europe? <laughs> I think it's still still teams in Europe. Um, it's, it's hard to say because I didn't grow up uh, here, mm. um, but speaking to, to the lads that have, I think you still, it's Premier League first, mm. um, representing your country second, and then probably maybe Phoenix third. But I think I think that has grown um, you know, in the last few years, I think obviously the Phoenix is so new as well. Let's not forget that mm. it's um, you know the last generation of of kids coming up. The Phoenix wasn't even around, so um, you're not going to grow up wanting to play for the Phoenix because there, there is no such thing now. There's two teams for so for the youngsters coming through now, having two professional teams, it's starting to seem more feasible. So hopefully that is a dream that kids will be having. Um, I was. Living in Wellington when you were playing for them, and the the things that made the Phoenix good, or you know, top of the table, better than middle of the table or bottom of the table, was the quality of the imports. So, will this will this improve football? Have we got the right talent within New Zealand, like now, to have um, good input from local players in a second team? Um, yeah, the answer is yes and no to, to those points. I suppose there are not the imports in the country. Um, there are good imports in our national league, which bring, raise up the level of the national league. Um, but those imports need to be another level to raise up the level of you know of a professional outfit. So, I think those uh, conversations will be being had in the background um, already. Um, I think that there are players that are in our national league that are capable of stepping up as well. So. They'll be the the kind of fillers, I suppose, and then you need to get the the so-called uh, better imports um, in as well. They need to be really key. Those first first sort of year or two, the imports are really important. If you get that wrong, it can really have a sort of negative effect on on what the squad looks like. What's the state of the academies in in New Zealand? If you can sort of give us. A snapshot. I mean, um, you've run academies. Um, we've got the Ollie. Well, no, Phoenix have got sort of an academy by name. I'm not sure by nature. Winton Roofers had academies. What, what's what's the yeah? What's the snapshot of of academies through New Zealand for football? I think I think the Phoenix are doing a good job now. I think it's taken a while to to get to that point, but I think they're doing a good job. Um, I think Olay have have been the front runner in terms of independent academies. I think if you look at the 
the certain the Declan Edge um, years, I thought they were punching way above their weight. Some of the players that they brought through, um, you know, Callum McCowart, people like him, um, Ryan Thomas before that, um, you know, the Garbutt brothers, they, they've done a great job over the years of, of really punching above their weight. So I think that's pushed the academy space on. Um, and I think if you look at the, the all-whites now, um, so many of them have come from independent academies or the Phoenix Academy. And obviously that wasn't the case um, years before. So I think there's a lot more professionals being produced, which can only sort of bode well for professional teams in this country and the all-whites moving forward. You've been in the football scene in New Zealand for a number of years now. Is this uh, the potential of a, well, let's just say it's a done deal, a second professional team, fully professional team in New Zealand? It's probably one tweak that you alluded to in your first answer that's needed in New Zealand football. Will it lead to further tweaks that the sport's crying out for? Yeah, I hope so. I, I, look, I, I look at what it was like when I got here in 2009 compared to what it is like now. and It's come on leaps and bounds. Did we get everything right? Absolutely not. There's a load of things that need to be fixed, but I think we're definitely on the right path. Um, and I think, you know, you get this second team in, it sounds like there's really good people behind the bid. Mm. Um, it sounds like they're going to have a right go, you know, from straight away, not messing around. Um, and and that can only be good, you know, and I, and I think, you know, there'll be a nice, dar- I don't even know if you call it a derby, but <laughs> a New Zealand derby, so to speak, um, which, will, which will generate a lot of interest. I think there'll be added competition because of that. And then I think if that goes well, why would you not look to have a, a, a third team on the South Island as well? So, that, yeah, there's, there's plenty of scope to do more, but I think it's a really, really good start. What are going to be the big challenges? Like someone said to me, what, what, what's the best thing about this bid? And it might seem small-minded of me, but I think the most important word that was in the press release that came out uh, was billionaire. He's got the money to do it. He's got the money to do it. You don't make money on sports teams in New Zealand, um, and I don't mind that. He's a billionaire, so they can chuck money at this. Yeah, look, you don't make, make money on many sports teams worldwide, especially football. Mm. Um, the, the, the list would be very short, wouldn't it? So um, he was obviously not doing it for that. There must be other interests, which, which is, you know, his business, not ours. But the fact that he's got the money to back it is, is the first problem covered. Um, he's going to need a pretty, you know, in, probably an internationally renowned coach to get players across the line. Then he needs to make sure that the imports are right. You've got the infrastructure that goes on behind the scenes. But when you are somebody as successful as he has, is sorry, um, the teams he owns has owned, that's not going to be difficult. Um, like I said, these conversations will have been going on behind the scenes for the last six months to a year. Um, in terms of that part, and obviously before that, um, putting this whole bid together. So he'll, he'll know what he's doing. He, know, he knows what's in store. Um, and it's pretty exciting times, really. You touched on something that I want to bring up about the, it's, the first signing is the coach because they're, they're the magnets. And we've seen it with the Warriors for a long time. Now, Andrew Webster's very highly thought of as a brilliant coach. Uh, player agents and players will start answering the phone if the Warriors want to recruit. Going back to your days, you played top league stuff up in, up in the UK. What got you across the line to come to New Zealand? Oh, blimey. Um, a number of different things. Um, the first one was speaking to Tony Pinata, Um and he was really good at sort of selling the club. Um, I also spoke to Terry uh, Serapisos. He was very good at selling the club. Mm-hmm. Then you speak to Ricky, somebody who's you know been to World Cups, played at that level. Um, and I think it's a mixture of the three that got me across the line. I also actually reached out to the captain. Um, Andrew Durante at the time um, because I knew of him through 
a friend of mine, Nick Carl. So it's always networking. Um, but if you've got somebody at the top who knows what they're doing um, and is a bit of a face or a brand, it definitely makes it easier to get those people across the line. So I think you need a mix of, you know, you need somebody who knows what they're doing in the coaching department for sure um, and was renowned. You probably need somebody who's a former player to be able to, you know, have those links, whether that's your operations manager, whether it's your assistant coach. There needs to be somebody in there who's, who's played, in my opinion. Um, and then you need to, to get the right people in and around, you know, the football department, I suppose we'll call it. Is it... Is it as simple to say they need a highly, a reasonably highly credentialed international coach with a support staff of Kiwis? Yeah, it could work that way, but it depends which who you go for. Like if, if it was somebody like, if you could manage, to, I don't think you could, but if you could manage to get somebody like a Des Buckingham back, mm. he probably ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Um, if you're getting somebody, um, is there anybody in, in New Zealand right now that is ready for a professional head coach's job? I don't think so. Mm. that's my personal opinion. So you're looking at somebody who's been in around the National League maybe as an assistant coach or as a first-team coach or heading up the youth team. So I think there will be jobs for people in New Zealand that are currently you know, involved, but I do think there's going to be the need for specialists to come in from overseas as well. Is it something that would spin the wheels of someone like you, wife? I'm not saying you personally, but someone that hasn't been too far out of the game, still heavily involved. Do you feel like there'll be a lot of interest, a lot of people picking up phones saying, I want to get involved in a brand new project like this? Oh, I don't see why you wouldn't want to. Um, I think everybody that's working in the National League space and below, um, I, I don't want to speak, I'm not speaking personally here at all. I've got, I've got plenty going on at the moment. But if the phone was to go, would I be interested in being involved in a professional outfit? Of course. Mm. I think um, I'd be stupid not to take that phone call. Or, uh, I'm not going to make that phone call, but I might want to take that phone call. And I think everybody would be the same. I look at some of the, the, the big clubs in the National League. There's a lot of people been doing you know, good things over the, over the years. Um, and, you know, and Albert Riera um, up at Auckland City. Um, Jose Figuera at Auckland United. There's people like that have been in the game for a number of years over here. Could they add something to a professional franchise? I think they could. We've had a few texts through while we've been speaking, Ife, about is there the appetite for a second team in New Zealand? I know in football circles there are, but the the Kings and the Knights struggled. Um, New Zealanders seem to be a little bit apathetic about turning up to live games, many sports now. Is is football big enough in New Zealand for a second team, taking into all those considerations? I think it is now, and I think the timing is right. I, I, I'm with you. I look at what happened with the, with the Kings and the Knights, and you do worry, but I just think the game has moved forward. I think people's appetite has moved forward. I think the timing, this, this sounds weird because it wasn't the same thing, but with the Women's World Cup being here, I think it shows if you've got a decent product and you market it the right way, mm. then people will turn up. I mean, can you imagine... If the Women's World Cup was here 10, 15, 20 years ago, I don't think it makes a splash it did. Um, but I think the, the timing was, was brilliant um, and it was really well done. I went to a number of games and had a really, really good time. Took my daughters. They're now more interested in football generally, not just women's football, but football generally. So I think off the back of that, the timing for this is right. Um, and again, it's going to take a real good marketing push and make sure the brand's right and get the right people in. But I, I think it could be something special. And early success, how important is that on the field? 
Oh, it's, it's pretty important. You, know, you don't want to be that team that, that finishes bottom first year, finishes bottom second year, then all of a sudden there's going to be calls from the Aussies, as they usually do. Why do we need, you know, this new Auckland-based team, blah, blah, blah. You know, the Phoenix went through all of that, and that wasn't, um, that wasn't, wasn't fun, was it? So we don't want any of that. Uh, that's why I think, again, you've got to get the infrastructure right, you've got to get the coaching right and the imports right, and then the rest will look after itself. But um, the fact that we're having this conversation is pretty exciting. So we've had the New Zealand Knights, we had the Auckland Kings. What's a good name for this new outfit? Yeah, I saw Piney tweeting about, <laughs> about the Auckland days, so it's obviously <laughs> the night. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that will stick. But um, I liked where he was going. I, I don't know. There'll be somebody somebody paid a pretty penny to come up with a name, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm unfortunately not on that consultancy one. Yeah, maybe Auckland, $30 an hour for parking. Maybe something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Oh, I feel, I'm pleased that a good football man like yourself was excited by this because I, I was sort of like a lot of our listeners. Are we ready for it? Is the time right for it? Is the appetite from both the football community and the sporting community? But I guess that the really good sign is the Warriors this year. Sold out stadiums making the top eight, making the top four, making playoffs. That's the key. Aucklanders will go. Aucklanders will go if, if a team is doing well. Look at, the, look at the way the up the wires sort of just suddenly became a thing, you know? Mm. There's, no, there's no reason why um, this new football club can't sort of tap into that um, and find a way. And there'll be some really smart people, smart people than me behind the scenes looking at how to do that. And, and if they get it right, um, you know, I think it could be massive for football in New Zealand. Paul Eiffel, brilliant to catch up with you again, buddy. We'll stay in touch. No worries. Thanks, mate. There he is, Paul Eiffel, uh, former Phoenix player and very heavily involved in the development of our, our young players as well. Chuck through some team names, actually. Um, I just thought of another one, the Motorway Snails, because uh, that's how fast we drive on our motorways. Bitter much? Yeah. Last night, coming back from the North Harbour Stadium, right, you get off the bridge heading south, from Fanshawe Street, sorry for people that don't know where this is, but it's the first exit off the bridge, all the way through to Green Lane, the motorway was closed. So I had oh, to drive yeah. through the city at oh. the back of Remuera. So when I got in my car, Google Maps said uh, 25 minutes to home. Took me over an hour. because And the, all of the motorway traffic's winding its way through Custom Street. And oh, my God. You, you notice when you drive past 10pm, particularly on the weekend, but if you pa- drive past 10pm, on any night, and I've had to drive for these early morning rugby world games, and just the entire motorway is closed except for small patches. I've got a, I'm going to throw a name out there if I can. Excellent, please. The Auckland Teslas. Okay. Because I I was driving this morning, and like, I mean, you you know, there already is a lot of Teslas out there on the roads, but I was driving this morning, and in front of me, as I started to go over the Harbour Bridge, was a black Tesla on my left, a black Tesla in front of me, and then a black Tesla in the right lane. It was three black te- Teslas all lined up, and I started to think, I was like, okay, if I, if I sort of really focus here, how many Teslas will I see as I'm driving along? And I challenge you to do this, Steph, when you're driving home tonight, just, just think, okay, I'm going to see how many Teslas I spot. Every third or fourth car is a Tesla in Auckland. <laughs> Seriously, it is. Hey, there's a sponsorship opportunity too with the Elon. Au- exactly. The Auckland Teslas have the big T on the front. Yeah, embrace the snobbery. Why not? Yeah. The Auckland Teslas. And then you can, you know, you can have your home stadium in Hearn Bay. Mm. Yeah. Here's another game for you. When you're yeah. heading out of Auckland, so this isn't in Auckland, look how many, and you've probably never, ever noticed one, Toyota Wish. 
They're the little station wagons. Yeah. Toyota Wish. They're not the like the oh no, they're the cubes, aren't they? No, they're a bit bigger than a Toyota Corolla station wagon, but Toyota Wishes, they are everywhere. Do you know the one that's always made me laugh? Is it Will VS or something? Will VS. Yeah, the name of the car. They they look they're very ugly, but they're called like Will. Oh, they've got that angle yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah they, the back. That's Will. The, that's the type of engine in that particular. Oh, I can't remember the brand of the game. It's yeah. just funny seeing like Will. Like I always just think it's the name of the car. Yeah. Like he's just called his car Will for William. What about when you drive past the car that's exactly the same as yours? No, oh, you, I just give him the nod. Yeah, I feel like. Do I give them a little wave? Especially or if it's the same colour. Yeah. You know, yeah, see you there, mate. Good good choice, good selection. <laughs> Way back in the day, I had I don't a, know how much you've got. I had a V8 turbo Volvo, and there was two of us in Wellington, and we saw each other every second day. Yeah. Well, it's probably because you, you notice, right? Like, you, I notice cars that have um, business wraps around them because, yeah. you know, it, the, the, I've always speculated this. There's probably a car that you drive, because you probably go to this work the same time every morning. There's probably a car you drive in and around every single day. Yep. But you won't <laughs> notice because it might just be a little red Corolla or something. But as soon as it's a business-wrapped car, you notice it all the time. You're like, I saw that guy yesterday. Well, Argus Fire Services. Yes. That everywhere. It's funny when people say a name. Like they'll say Argus, and I'll go straight away, Fire Services. Never never consciously looked at it or gone on the website or anything because you see it so much. I'll just say Argus, you know straight away what it is. There was a guy yeah. who used to work next to the TAB. He had a red Mazda RX-7 and his licence plate, personalised plate, was staff. And Ooh. everyone thought it was my car. Sure. Never saw him. Saw the car, never saw him who it was or what it was. But everyone thought I drove a red RX-7. Never had one. Aren't, they, aren't RX-7s like... I remember being a kid in high school, everyone used to love RX-7s, but... They used to, they're like the most dangerous car or the hardest car to drive or something like that or the most dangerous so car. They're the road tree. Yeah, this is what people used to do in school. That probably didn't sound very good yeah, on the Yeah, the turbo blow thing, yeah. Anyway. Car chat. Car chat. <laughs> on what is the name of the new team? <laughs> yeah, what's the name of the new team? The Auckland Teslas? I quite like that, Sammy. I quite like that. Um, right, we've got some coming through. We've got some coming <laughs> Dave says, Sam, you're under surveillance. It's the Tesla army. They're surveilling you, surrounded by black Teslas. That's, it's almost men in black vibes, isn't it? The it black was, Teslas. it really was. Yeah. Um, names for the Auckland team. I'll, I'll rattle them off after this break.